What's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined by Detective Walton. Clint, how are you? I'm good. There is a book by somebody named Sonia Limbamersky, and it's called The How of Happiness. And she breaks down some stats that have actually been well looked into. And these numbers are so surprising to me when it comes to the way that we actually cultivate happiness. And I had always thought that happiness was something that we were responsible for. But from the stats that she shares, it turns out that there's 50% of our happiness that we have no control over because it's actually genetic. And that has a lot to do with not only our biological makeup, but also our natural upbringing, things that we can't change because they're they're innate. They're things that we're born into, right? Prince Harry couldn't have changed the family that he was born into. So those are the types of things that are discussed in this increment of 50%. And it's almost like a set point with a thermostat. If we want the temperature to be at 70%, no matter what takes place, that temperature is always going to try to go back to the baseline of 70% or 70 degrees, if that's what we have it set at. And she goes on to say that there's 40% of happiness that's actually in our control. And we're going to talk about that 40% in detail in today's episode. And she says that 10% of our happiness is made up of the material things and our relationship status. So our family, our marital status, and all this shit that we have that we think brings us so much joy. Now, I would argue that I think that these numbers might be a little varied when it comes to the 40 versus the 10%. I can tell you that I believe that my car brings me a great deal of happiness. And there are many physical things that I have in my life that just naturally bring me a great deal of joy. And I think that my 10% is probably a little bit higher. And that's just me being, you know, maybe vain, maybe honest. But let's talk about that 40% that actually is in our control. Because the 40% are the things that make up a lot of our day to day. So although there is that 50%, that 40% that exists, I think are a little bit more important because they're the things that we experience on our day to day. So she actually has 12 key components of this. And I want to dive into each of them and then give a little bit of an example of a way that we might be able to cultivate it. And the number one thing that she talks about is expressing gratitude. And the easiest way for us to be able to express gratitude is to have a journal and to write down the things that we're thankful for. And it's really that simple. The trick, though, is that we have to genuinely feel that gratitude towards that thing. And it shouldn't be something mundane that becomes habitual, like, I'm thankful I woke up today. Well, if you're writing that down every day and you're not actually feeling into the gratitude that comes along with you being happy that you actually did wake up today, this isn't going to work. But when we're allowing ourselves to get a little bit more creative and to be expressive and reflective on the things that might have happened today, might have happened yesterday, or that we hope to happen today, then it allows us to feel into those things that we're grateful for. So expressing gratitude, although it's her number one on the list, I think it's also the most important and also the easiest for us to be able to do. But we need to pause and give ourselves the time to be able to fully feel into the things that we are grateful for. 
And she also talks about cultivating optimism. So we all know those people who see the glass half full versus the glass half empty. And so she's talking about finding more ways to see the glass half full. And it's easy when we're kind of stuck in this negative cycle and this negative spiral of emotion for us to find it difficult, you know, to cultivate that kind of optimism. But even by picking one thing and perhaps you're fixated on the thing that sucks right now by changing your mood and shifting your thoughts into that one thing that actually does bring you some sense of opportunity, some sense of faith and hope. I think that's a really easy way for us to be able to start to develop and cultivate optimism. Um, she talks about overthinking and trying to avoid it. I can think of one person in particular who goes down the rabbit hole all too often in overthinking and overanalyzing things. And one way that I've found when I get caught up in doing this myself is by sitting down and creating a simple list with a line down the middle of facts versus fiction. So the things that I know to be true versus the things that I think might be true. And if we're honest, I think we've all been there before in telling ourselves these stories in our mind that turn out to just be this elaborate fixation and, and fallacy that we've come up with based on us left to our own devices instead of maybe picking up the phone and asking questions and, and maybe getting a deeper analysis of the thing that it is that we're so fixated on in the moment. She talks about acts of kindness. I can think of a million different ways to do that. I see online people posting photos of, um, especially when it comes to law enforcement, having little note cards made up to hand out to police officers, just thanking them or maybe buying a $5 gift card for somebody and just giving it to them just because. This is a trend that I've seen a lot on social media where people will go around and they'll they'll ask somebody to buy them a, a gallon of milk. And the first person that does it, they'll give them $500. And a lot of these accounts are ones that are funded and you know they, they roll in a cycle like that and they're able to give so much because of the contributions that they receive based on this sole purpose. So um, something like that. There are many ways that we can generate acts of kindness. <clears throat> she talks about nurturing relationships. So, Clint, I know this is something we've talked about a lot, and I try my best every single day to reach out to at least one person, and I have this rotating network on my phone of people that I do this with. And even if it's going down your list of contacts on your phone and just deciding to start at A and working your way all the way down, reaching out to them, doing this every single day to a different person, and just telling them one thing that you love, honor, or appreciate about them. I have seen many times how grateful people have become just by reaching out. And, you know, it's really sad for me to have come to the understanding that there have been times that I have done this. And then I realized that I might have been the only person to outwardly communicate in an open fashion to that person in a very long time. And it just goes to show that we get caught up in our own worlds that we don't realize that some people aren't fortunate enough to have other people to share their worlds with. So you never know just how impactful nurturing relationships can be. She goes on and says that savoring life's joys. One thing that I notice all of the time is just the beautiful melodies that the different birds tend to make. We have lots of land here where we live. And more recently, we've noticed that there's a different species of lizard that we've never seen before. So marveling at it and not kicking it out of my garage yesterday <laughs> when it decided to, to come inside, you know, that's one of those small ways that we can savor one of life's joys. 
whether it's a baby laughing or instead of getting upset at the table across from you who's being too loud, maybe marvel in their excitement and wonder what it is that they're celebrating or what it is that they're enjoying so much. Um, Coping strategies. For me, I think that incorporating a lot of if-thens into this one is important. So if I get upset when somebody starts talking about X, then I'm going to Y. So if then, I think is a really important strategy when it comes to being able to cope with a lot of the things, especially when we might have particular triggers or situations or things that come up that we know start to bother us and that take us away from some of our happiness. Forgiveness is another one that she goes on to talk about. And I think it's important for us to understand that even if we have decided to forgive somebody, that does not necessarily mean that we need to tell them that we've forgiven them. And this also means that even if that person is no longer here for us to be able to forgive, that doesn't mean that we can't forgive them. So forgiveness is number eight on her list. She goes on here to say, increase flow state. (laughs) We could not talk about this enough because you cannot get into a state of flow if you have that little distracting black box next to you all of the time. So the easiest way for us to induce a a state of peak flow is for us to limit our distractions committing to goals. We can do this on a micro level or a macro level. And we do that by making sure that we have a North Star. So something that we actually want to achieve. And then by telling ourselves what the one small incremental thing is that we can do today in order to make sure that we're even a baby step closer to achieving that goal. But she says having goals and then actually committing to them will increase our happiness. Number 11 is religion and spirituality. So If you've listened to me for any length of time, you know that I'm agnostic. So the God of the Bible is not the God that I believe in. However, that does not dismiss the fact that I do believe in a higher power. So for me, connecting on a spiritual level is important in terms of meditation and things like that. It might be different for you. Maybe it's going to church or dedicating 15 minutes a day reading the Bible. And then 12 is your body. So the food that you nurture your body with and the way that you move your body I think that there are a gazillion different ways that we can do this, but I think that the problem here is that we often get caught up in comparing our level of fitness or our level of the diet that we should be on instead of understanding what makes us feel good. And by focusing more on the things that we know work for us and not necessarily what works for that Instagram photo. So these are 12 ways to cultivate happiness. And I will drop a link to her book down below. I hope you've gotten some value out of today's episode. If you have, do me a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below, and know that I am sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.